Good evening, everybody. Welcome to our Wednesday night virtual experience, our Wednesday night fuel. Thank you so much for giving me just a little bit of your time as we dig into the word of the Lord together. Uh, go ahead, share this video, uh, like it, let your friends know that Wednesday Night Fuel is beginning. We are in a series uh, dealing with disengaging, disengaging specifically tonight. We're dealing with disengaging from evil deeds. Um, and, 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 I, and I started dealing with this a few weeks back and you know, as I've, I've challenged everybody to read through the book of Colossians, if we are going to really walk in the newness of life, as we see in the scripture, it cannot be both and. You know, you have to make a firm decision that you are going to disengage. All right. It says in Colossians chapter 1, 21, Although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy, blameless, beyond reproach. I said Sunday and I'll say it again. In order to disengage from evil deeds, one must daily walk, daily. One must daily walk in the reality of the finished work of Jesus Christ. All of this. Everything that, that I'm trying to get you to disengage from and connect to is wholly possible because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, all right? And so go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter three. So just a couple chapters over. And when we talk about disengaging, it means to separate or release someone uh, from something to which they are attached or connected, to separate or release someone from something to which they are attached or connected. Uh, just go ahead and type in the comments, let it go. It also means to remove from an area of conflict. When you disengage, there's just some battles that you don't have to fight anymore. Why? First of all, Jesus died for our victory. You know, and, and where I'm going to dig into tonight, we have to begin to accept that and to receive that. He died for our victory. And when I am born again, I gain the right to step into that victory. And so we, as born again believers, have to live like we know and believe this. All right. And so in Colossians chapter three, Colossians chapter three, look at what it says. Verse five. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead. Now, this is around where I finished up on Sunday. Consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. Look at verse seven. And in them, you also once walked when you were living in them or among them. And so, so he says, let me stop there for a second. <clears throat> Consider the members, verse five, of your earthly body as dead. Consider. In this text, that word consider, as, as I said, Sunday, it's not about a mindset. It's not about thinking, but it means to stop utterly to kill, to stop utterly, 
to stop a state or activity with lethal determination. In other words, the only way to be regenerated is something got to die. You, you're going to have to put something to death with lethal determination. All right. And so it's important that, that, that we, that we put this stuff aside. As a matter of fact, let's, let's move on to verse eight. Let's, let's dig further. But now let's, let's do verse seven. In them, you, you also once walked when you were living in them, but now you also put them all aside. Underline that. Put them all aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. Put them all aside. All right? And when we talk about that, that, that phrase in the Greek, to put them all aside, means to stop oneself from being in a state or condition. That sounds familiar, right? Consider lethal determination. Put them all aside. Stop oneself. <coughs> it's important. <coughs> excuse me. It's important that we make the decision, that we make the decision that it's like, listen, I am not going to keep going down this road that, that doesn't please God. Put them all aside. To stop oneself. See, so many of us are waiting on somebody else to stop us. But at some point, we have to make the decision. Stop ourselves. To stop oneself from being in a state of condi or condition. Conceived of as divesting oneself of a garment. Put them all aside. Take it off. It's complete removal. Complete removal. Now, this is scary. This is scary. This, this complete removal is scary for many of us. Why, Bishop? Because, listen to this, we have proficiency in the old man. And we lack proficiency in the new self. We know how the old man works. We know how the old man thinks. We know how the old man behaves. But we don't know that same information about the new man. It says, put them all aside. Oftentimes we take off the things uh, that are that are currently causing us issues. So uh, you get in a bad argument and it's like, I got to deal with my anger. Or uh, you get into a financial pinch and I got to deal with my stewardship. But the scripture says, put them all aside. And so you can't just divest certain parts, certain things. God is saying, listen, if you want to put on the new self, I need every bit of the old self to be divested. Everything that is not of God, we must disengage from. Now, let's go further. And I, and I understand that that's difficult. That, that, that's difficult because some of us have years of proficiency in the old man. But God wants to teach us how to walk in the newness of life. True, free, true freedom. True freedom requires us to agree with the following realities. I'm going to give you three. True freedom. Number one, the old man has nothing to offer the new man. You got to agree with that. The old man has nothing to offer the new man. You have to get your mind wrapped around the, the, the fact that both things cannot be in the same place at the same time. What does the Bible say? In me there is light, no darkness at all. The old man has nothing to offer 
the new man. So, so, so right from the onset, I'm going to have to choose. Either I'm going to walk in the old man or walk in the new man, but I cannot have them both at the same time. Number two, the benefits of old man living are vastly inferior to the benefits of walking in the newness of life. The benefits that come with walking in that old nature, that old man, that part of ourself that we're supposed to divest, the flesh, right? They're vastly inferior to the benefits of walking in the newness of life. And, and it is important that I bring this up because oftentimes what ends up happening is we feel like when we come to Christ, we're losing something. So, you know, I'm losing this and I'm losing that. Let me, let me, let me say this and be clear. Staying in that old nature has nothing on walking in the newness of life. The benefits of the old nature are inferior. Matter of fact, the old nature is actually consistently being corrupted. Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 4. Go ahead and turn there, please. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20. But you did not learn Christ in this way. I dealt with this last Wednesday. If indeed you've heard him, have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside, there's, there's that language again, lay aside, divest yourself of the old self, which is being corrupted. Look at that. The old self is being corrupted. Corrupted. When you refuse to put on the new man, you're on a sinking ship. The old man is being corrupted. How? In accordance with lust of deceit. It's being corrupted. And so no matter how much you enjoy the old man, how much you enjoy the old way of doing things, when you refuse to divest yourself of the old nature, you're on a sinking ship. Um, and, and, and so, and I'm not trying to scare you with that, but it's being corrupted daily. Daily, that old self is being corrupted. Let me give you number three. Number three, the methods, mindset, and motives of the old man do not transfer to the new creation. The methods, mindset, and motives of the old man do not transfer to the new creation. Remember, divest, not transfer. Let's, let's, let's break this down. I can't, when I put on the newness of life, I can't do it the way I did. The, the, my, my, my methodology is completely different. Number two, I can't think about it the way that I did. There's a, there's a different maturity. My, my mindset should be different. And then I can't be driven even by the same stimuli that I once was. My motivation is different when I'm walking in the newness of life. So when you put off the old self, put off the old self. Go ahead, somebody type that. Put off the old self. When you put off the old self, you are stripping yourself Listen to this. You're stripping yourself of your old operating system. I spent a lot of time working on computers and um, the operating system is that thing that tells the computer what to do and how to do it. 
it gives functionality. And um, sometimes when the operating system gets corrupt, you have to reinstall the OS. The interesting thing is what we just learned in Ephesians 4 is that the old man is constantly being corrupted. And so what the Lord does is he says, listen, don't reinstall that operating system. Don't keep reinstalling the old man. Don't keep rebooting the old man. I want you to completely take that off and put a new operating system on. Do put something on that you've never seen before, but it's better. Why? Look at Romans. Why should I do this? Romans chapter 7. Look at this here. For I know, verse 18, for I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of good is not. Nothing good is in the flesh. What did Ephesians, what did he tell the church at Ephesus? He says, listen, that old person is being corrupted. Divest yourself. Divest yourself of that old man. There's nothing good there. Put on the new man. You can't do it the way you did it. You can't think about it the way you used to think about it. And you cannot be driven by the same stimuli that you were driven by. All of this is what Jesus died for. Every bit of it. And this is, I'm not trying to get us to understand the, the new man to divest ourselves simply because it sounds good. What does scripture say? I come that you might have life and have it how? More abundantly. So Jesus died that we may not only be able to remove the old self, that old operating system, but that we could also put on the new self, brand new operating system, life more abundantly. I want y'all to think about that for a second. Don't you want the newness of life? Don't you want to operate in everything that the Lord died for? Or, as I've been saying recently, will we continue to live beneath our privilege? Look at what Paul says in chapter 6 of Romans. Let's start at verse 5. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse six, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him. Why? In order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. Seven, for he who has died is freed from sin. So if I keep the old self, the old operating system, I got to keep dealing with the issues, the ill effects of sin. He told Ephesus, Paul tells the church of Ephesus, it's being corrupted. He says in Rome, in chapter seven, he says, listen, no good thing dwells there. In chapter six, he says, 
Listen, there's sin. The body of sin is there. So, so let me say it like this. The old self or the old operating system contains malware. Um, oftentimes when we would have to reinstall that operating system, it was because it had virus or, or something was, was going on. Trojan horse. It's a bunch in there we could talk about. And the malware of the old man is sin. Write that down. The malware of the old man is sin. So when I remove that old self, you're freeing yourself from that malware. I don't know about that, Bishop. Okay, let's do it one more time. For if we've become, verse 5, chapter 6, verse 5, united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with. That word done away with, powerless. Done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed, acquitted from sin. I need that. So let's get rid of that old operating system. Let's get rid of that old man. Now the new operating system, the new operating system, the new man, if you will, has three important things that I need to make you mindful of before I read another text here. Number one, the new man comes with new functionality. The new man comes with new functionality. It's functionality that the old man never had. What do you mean? The new man has access to power and promise. Write that down. The new man has access to power and promise. Y'all forgive my voice. This weather is crazy, but I'm feeling good. I'm all right. The new man has access to power and promise. That functionality doesn't exist in the old man. The old man wants power. The old man wants promise. But the new man functions in power and functions in promise. I'll do that again. The old man begs for power. They manipulate to try to get power. They go through all manner of things to get power. And, 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 and they dream of promise. But the new man has access to power. And promise. Because remember, the old man is being corrupted. There's no good thing that dwells there. And it has a virus. It has malware called sin. Remove that so that we can walk in the newness of life. Divest yourself of it. You make the decision. How? I'll get to it in just a second. Number two, the new man has insight that the old man never had. Insight. What do you mean by insight? The new man can can access files. See, when when you, when you're on the computer, uh, you really you have to access the files on the machine. That's how you get that work done. It's accessing the files. The old operating system cannot access the files called the mind of Christ. The new man can access the mind of Christ. 
So, so number one, the new man has functionality. That's power and promise that the old man didn't have. Number two, the new man has insight. That's access to the mind of Christ. Right? This, this, this premise, this premise that we don't know what God is doing. Um, this premise that uh, God is keeping secrets from us. That's not what the Bible teaches. That's not what the Bible teaches. God wants to reveal himself to us. He wants to give us revelation. He wants to do that, but we cannot gain access to that revelation walking in the old self. That old operating system does not have access to the mind of Christ. Number three, connectivity. It has connectivity that the old man never had. Let's go back. What are the three things that the new operating system gives me? Functionality that the old man never had, power and promise. Insight that the old man never had, the mind of Christ. Connectivity that the old man never had. What do you mean? The new man not only connects with God differently, but the new man also connects with people differently. In, in the gospel it says, and we know that God doesn't hear sinners. All God is looking for from those who are operating in sin is he's looking for, I repent. And so as soon as you divest yourself of the old man, which is being corrupted, which contains sin, which has no good thing in it, and you put on the new man, your connectivity changes and your connectivity to the Lord changes and you connect with God differently. And you also connect with people. Watch this differently. Let me, let me say this. And this is very unpopular. And I'm going to read a text and I'll be through. The new man is void of prejudice. The new man is void of racism. The new man is void of any type of ethnic supremacy. I, I, I know what I'm saying to many of you is, especially in today's climate, seems problematic. But I'm going to show it to you in the word here in just a second. The new man is void of sexism. The new man is, is void of carnal nationalism. There's a different level of connectivity, not only with God, but also with people. And this is why I believe not only do we not like to teach the new man, but we, we struggle with receiving the new, the new man because prejudice, racism, supremacy, nationalism, sexism, ageism, many of those are powerful positions to take. The new man is void of that stuff. Look at Colossians 3. Uh, verse nine, do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices, have put on the new self, which is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. So wait a minute, the new self is constantly being renovated. It is being renovated to look 
more and more and more and more like God. Look at what verse 11 says. A renewal, this is, this is the uncomfortable part, in which there is no distinction between Greek, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free man. But Christ is all and in all. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free man, but Christ is all and in all. That, this is what God is saying. This renewal is different. When you start putting on the new operating system, I connect with God, but I also connect with people differently. There is no racism. There is no prejudice. Okay, all right. Look at look at look at what. Look at what he told him in Galatians, chapter three, verse twenty nine. If you belong to Christ, let's go. Let's go up. Let's go up further. Twenty seven. For all of you who, who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. So there's there's putting on. See, divest. What am I putting on? Christ. Jesus, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free man, male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, you're Abraham's descendant, heirs, according to the promise. I know my voice is going out, y'all, uh, but, but I know y'all heard what I'm saying. The the new man has functionality that the old man does not have. I got access to power and promise. Insight that the old man does not have. Access to the mind of Christ. Connectivity that the old man never had. I connect to God differently and people differently. But in order to get functionality, insight, and connectivity, I have to divest myself. I can't, I can't have both. I can't, I can't walk in the old man during the week and then put on the new man to stand in the pulpit. I can't walk in the old man during the week and then put on the new man to sing my song. Come on. I have to walk in the newness of life. If I'm going to disengage from evil deeds, what do, what do we see right there in Colossians? Although, verse 21, chapter 1, although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy, blameless, beyond reproach. If, 23, if indeed you continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. If you walk in this new way and stop walking in the old, you get functionality, insight, and connectivity that you never had. That's the challenge. Disengage, people of God. I hope you're able to hear me as my voice is going out, but may God bless you. May God, may God bless you, all of you listening uh, to me. May heaven smile upon you and give you peace.
This is my prayer.